0: Hello, my name is Marcelo, and welcome to the Great Design Lead Podcast. I'm a founder and executive creative technologist at France Agency. And right now, I'm really wondering how my voice sounds for y'all. All of that while building what I hope is a good company that makes people happy.
1: Perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All your <day I> practice.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with me today.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I've been really looking forward for it. Um, I've been hearing so many great things about the podcast. And every time I listen to an episode of it, it's like beautiful.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> right before we started recording, you were telling me how you were listening to uh, Mason's episode and you really liked it. So that really meant a lot to me. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. When Ma- Mason talks, it makes everybody happy. and And definitely <laughs> you guys had a great energy together where... There was like a good back and forth and communications and that that really speaks volumes to how you conduct it and how of course mason is awesome (laughs) (laughs)
1: thank you i i was uh doing a lot of research on you too um i (laughs) i i research everybody before they come on and um i think uh something cool that i found was i found a um a video of you uh dancing in argentina
0: Oh, yes. That
1: was so cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely uh, dancing. I mean, I would say is still, but um, I don't, I don't, I have an injury on my leg. So I don't dance that much as I did before. But I, I basically, I was very bad at dancing. And I decided to, well, I kind of stopped being horrible at dancing. So I chose to take classes, salsa classes. And that, devolved into a little bit of a i want to now be a teacher so i ended up teaching salsa and well caribbean rhythms that's how they call it in in argentina and that was super fun it was it it was part of my life for about 10 years and i still can do some good dancing just not the whole night as, as i used to
1: what did that um feel like when you first started
0: well at the very beginning um the great thing and, and it happens with pretty much everything i i've learned throughout my life is that i'm so bad at it that there's no way that i'm not aware I, that i have no ego coming in so i was so bad at dancing that when i started dancing i just just started <laughs> one foot in front of the other kind of thing and, uh, very very slowly um but i think that what made it so easy for me to maintain as a routine was that i always made friends so i had uh the first place i started learning i i met a few guys and girls of my age because of course when you think of a dancing class you don't think of 19 20 year olds you think of your parents (laughs) they're like learning to dance for the renew your vows kind of thing so Mm -hmm. I was so happy to find the little crew of my age and that kind of like kept me going and they, they helped me find different places to dance and <laughs> different crews and styles of dancing. So it, it was kind of like a doorway.
1: Um, something that's interesting that I, that I've seen about uh, I've seen this in dance and I've seen this in ice skating. Uh, it's like having that partner, that you practice with a lot, did you have that kind of friendship with someone?
0: yeah, I mean, I had um uh, technically two, but one ended up becoming my girlfriend for a few years um like when I started dancing in that first little group, um one that it would be my best friend from from that group um became kind of like a more stable partner, and we did a couple of shows together and um every time we were had an opportunity to choose you know the song that you liked dancing the most. It was like, where, where are we? Where are we? And we kind of like try to find each other in the in the dance floor. But and, and then uh, I met what it would become my girlfriend at the time. And she was also an amazing dancer. Um, and we had great chemistry on the dance floor. And it happened to have great chemistry outside of that, too.
1: <laughs> in life. Yeah. <laughs> so. And if you want some something yeah.
0: very interesting too is like yeah. um even though after I, I got injured um on my leg i also played, did taekwondo in my past life uh so that injury got worse because i'm clearly very good at business and and doing designs and things like that but not at, is the right is the right time to go to the doctor instead of just rubbing you know numbing cream or things like that <laughs> so but um when i moved to the us the first person that i danced with um It was my wife. She was literally, I got off the plane. My friends took me to a a Latin club here in Miami. And (laughs) the first person I spoke to, danced with, and remember her name was my wife.
1: How does that happen? The odds of that happening. It's like meant to be. Yeah,
0: one in 450 million, 350 million. (laughs) I don't know how many right now we are in the U.S., but it's it's a big chance. (laughs)
1: what so let's just go to that part of your life real quick like Mm -hmm. was that the first time you came to the U.S. like when you moved or
0: yeah well it was not when I moved but it was the first time Um, I already had my my company and I was working in Argentina I always work with clients in the U.S. Um and my, I was having so much fun talking, hearing, um Mason say that Argentina has a rich history and well he's right it's a, a very <laughs> different country. Yeah. So one of the economic swings in Argentina basically prevented me from taking uh, the money from my clients when they were paying.
2: Mm. So it's like
0: okay I had to let go and execute cancel clauses. I lost my full time employment that I had there. And I had already booked a vacation to the US. So I I had a a spring break trip planned with my friends. Uh, Most of us was going to be the first time in in here in the US. So it was like, I can be responsible, cancel the trip, save my money and do, you know, again, some networking and so on. But I decided to say, Nope, uh, enough of being responsible. I've been responsible all my life. Let's do something crazy. (laughs) yeah so I hop on a plane, and seventeen hours later, a lot of turbulence later I landed i I think it was like twelve thirty at night uh in in here in Miami. my friends had arrived five hours before, so they they were well rested, showered and changed, and ready to party <laughs> and me and my best friend we were like destroyed horrible trip. <laughs> like the plane felt like falling people screaming and calling their gods and we were like yeah this is normal nothing is gonna happen (laughs) so a little bit shell-shocked uh from our trip from panama to the to miami and then we they's like hey they basically kidnapped us we they threw a two shirts and two six pack of red bulls and it's like we're going dancing like no we're not like well i mean This is not a conversation. You can stay in the van, (laughs) sleep in the van, or you can chug those Red Bulls and just, you know, come with us, and thank God I chugged the Red Bulls. (laughs) Um, So my dancing uh, abilities flared up. (laughs) I don't know how to say it differently. (laughs) So I walked into into the club, and um, unfortunately for all of you Americans that are listening, 90% of you, you're not great dancers. So I was looking for someone that could keep a beat in the in the dance floor. And it was so fun to see everybody really enjoying themselves. But it's like, you're not really dancing salsa. You're just moving uh, because there's music. And there was this little head across the, the room. And it's like, hmm, that head is keeping a beat. <laughs> like, Let me see. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely keeping a beat. And Argentina, it's has less etiquette in when it comes to dancing salsa you just approach someone it's like hey do you want to dance and they say yes and you dance
2: mm-hmm.
0: so apparently that's not that normal uh according to my wife in the u.s <laughs> so i just walked across the room and i asked her out to dance and we just we started dancing and we basically danced all night uh my friends left me because it's like hey we're tired we're gonna go I had six red bulls in my system i was not gonna <laughs> sleep that night either way so when they when they left they literally just in the club they just screamed at me the address of where we were staying because oh i hadn't i didn't have the bag so it's like take all my bags to to the apartment and yeah. it's just like I'll, I'll find a way to get there because i'm with a girl guys <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
1: like, leave um, me alone yeah. <laughs>
2: absolutely
0: <laughs> and when when that happened the first the very weird thing about me is that I'm very bad with names so mm. it was already very weird that I remembered my wife's name yeah but it was even more weird that I remembered the address of where I was staying after of course I had alcohol and red bull and I was dancing <laughs> and I was not really paying attention to them
1: good job though <laughs> that's an accomplishment Definitely it
0: was meant to be and 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 i didn't i chose not to fight it
2: yeah so
0: my wife well, at the end of the night she took me to my apartment where yeah. i was like i think this is it like this is the address <laughs> the guy had the like it has a security guard and it's like okay to which apartment are you going and i, I was like i have no idea they forgot to give me the apartment and that was like four thirty or 5 in the morning and i was texting the guys hey was the apartment i'm kind of outside of the complex and they're not letting me in on after like 45 minutes trying to to get across one of the guys uh me it's like oh yes i was your designated stay awake until you get home guy he gave me the the, the apartment number <laughs> and then finally managed to go in but those oh were goodness <laughs> super super crazy first night. Like the first twelve hours in the US were <laughs> definitely they lived up to, a, to the expectation that I had.
1: <laughs> and um uh where did your wife learn how to dance?
0: Um so she's originally from New York, but her family is from Paraguay. Okay. So they do have a lot of Latin influence. And I she's gonna hate me for saying this, but I don't know if she actually can dance. She, she <laughs> Enough to get your attention, beat. exactly. She, definitely, she she crossed that threshold. Um, but she was really good at keeping the beat, so mm-hmm. she just went with the flow. What I, what I was doing, she was following, and that's that was pretty much. I tried to teach her a couple times to dance salsa, but she sat on her waist. She, she really prefers to just enjoy dancing than know what she's doing dancing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just go with the flow yeah just have some fun <laughs> that's okay
0: <laughs> exactly and, and and i i envy that from from certain people that can turn off and it's like yes i'm just gonna move and enjoy it it's like i'm i'm listening to music i'm listening to to the beat to the drums uh to the instrument so it's like i always want to do something with that information in my head
1: i like that you said um uh, it lived up to your expectations um <laughs> I, I remember hearing it from some people when uh, when they came to the U.S. for the first time. Um, they were like, "Oh my gosh, there's like, I don't know, there's there's so much going on." Like they they would like go through Times Square and like have an emotional oh. breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on?
0: <laughs> I can totally see that. Um, yeah. but I uh, I don't I don't remember if Mason said this, but for me, Buenos Aires, Argentina, is very much like New York. It's a yeah. city that doesn't sleep. That the night when you go party, and I did, guys, I did air quotes. The night <laughs> when you go out um dancing it starts at two a.m. in the morning, so it's like you're not out before that. Literally, the clubs are probably closed. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when when we did when when I went to New York for my first time, and it's like, oh yeah, the city that never sleeps. It's like, yep, yeah, that. That's what I expect of a city. (laughs) And I was shocked from Miami. That is like, I wanted to have a burger. I remember like another day in in my first trip. And it's like, we ended up eating a lot of Johnny Rockets. I don't know if you know those guys.
1: No, I don't. It's
0: uh, it's like a very, like, I don't know, cookie food chain that serves like old old style hamburgers and milkshakes and waffles. Um, But it's a chain. It's super unhealthy, probably. <laughs> it's above McDonald's, but definitely not gourmet. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a double patty with cheese and bacon and onion rings and all that. It was like, like five five inches probably of hamburger
2: <laughs> yeah. tall,
0: and um, that was the only place in South Beach that actually was open past ten p.m. That the kitchen was open past ten p.m. So that's when we were beginning to think about food. So we ended up eating way too many burgers, way more than probably is recommended.
1: (laughs) The the cultural difference here is that my friends will text me. They're like, hey, we're going to meet up at 9 or 10. And then my (laughs) response is PM. Like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I got to tell you, I adapted to that. Right now, someone tells me, Hey, you need to. We're gonna go out at eleven. I will probably say the same thing, like, or let me know in advance, kind of like in three, four days in advance, so I can plan a nap between seven and nine. That way, I wake up, I take a shower, I get together and uh, get my act together, and then go to be out at eleven. Like, no, eleven is my bedtime. I'm, I'm happy with it
1: how do you think your um your old self would have responded to you saying that
0: slap on the face
1: <laughs> really?
0: across, just like without <laughs> even flinching
1: <laughs> so how did the rest of that trip go before you went back
0: well it was super interesting because the first the, the that first kind of like let's call it leg when i went here, came here to the u.s and do the this spring break experience I was of course up front with my then just person that I met, future wife. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm on spring break. Uh these are my friends. She met them. We went out a couple of times during the weeks that we stayed. Um but I I it, it was a spring break trick. We went to Orlando, we went to Key West, uh, we went to party, whatever it was. No matter the day. It's like, hey, where's the club where we can do something? And we <laughs> did it. Um Fun. it was fantastic. And but of course, the most important part was like the moments that I could I got to share with Judith, my wife, were amazing. She could join my my friends. We went all together partying. Um, so that gave us a lot of more proximity. So when the time came and my friends were leaving the US, um, uh, I came packed with resumes and business cards. So I, I had given a few out here and there. And I said, I do you, I think there's something here. Do you want me to stay a few weeks more weeks? I'm going to focus on on looking for a job and this is going to be more if you tell me like a hotel close by, um it's going to be more of a normal being not partying every day, not all of that. Uh and she told me like, "Hey, I need a work exchange if you're interested." Um I'm moving apartments, I need to repaint my apartment so move my stuff repaint my old apartment paint my new apartment um and put together the tv and the furniture and everything um if you're willing to do all of that i'll give you a room on board kind of thing okay okay that sounds uh that sounds like a good kick because if i need to pay for a hotel my stay is going to be significantly smaller um so with that uh I went from South Beach to like 40 minutes north to Pompano Beach and stayed with her for about two more weeks to three more weeks. I can't remember right now. It was like whatever the port of entry that is the, the stamp that they give you. is like you need to leave the U.S. by this yeah. date. Um, so, of course, I left the U.S. by that date. But at that time was already with the promise of I'm leaving all my stuff here. Don't throw it away. Don't throw it to the curb. Because I'm going to Argentina. I'm just going to grab my computer. Grab my books. And pieces of clothes. Say goodbye to everybody and come back. And it's like. If you're sure, I'm sure. Just like. Let's do this. And oh
1: my goodness.
0: She said yes. So, But of course. Then she confessed that when I was in Argentina. It was like. He's not coming back. He's not, not going to come back. It's like. This was just a nice summer flying until we kind of like call her one night. And it's like two in the morning, I got the plane tickets. Like I'm coming back.
1: How did she respond to that?
0: Oh, she was ecstatic, actually. She was really, really happy. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, we, we've we met five weeks ago, four weeks ago. So <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and kind of like our arrangement was... Since I needed to be in the US and I want, and I was going to stay with her. Um, like this is not a fully romantic. There is romance. I liked her, and we already, we were already together. But it's like you can. We'll sit down and coldly analyze what we're doing because this is you're taking a risk with me, mm-hmm. and I'm leaving my entire life on another country. So we always set up like these checkpoints. Like, are you good? Are you still happy? Are we still enjoying our time together outside of just enjoying it? Like, do you see the future? Do you see everything? And for about nine, I would say now eight years, we've been good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The arrangement's still going on.
0: Yeah. I mean, we kind (laughs) of like, we're we're still, sometimes we forget about that checkpoint, but it's like, we try to do it. It's like I have it I still have the appointment on my calendar for every yeah. every other month to kind of like take a pause and it's like, hey, you good. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Awesome.
1: <laughs> That's a wonderful thing in a relationship to do.
0: It I found that, that that really works because one of our first conversations, Argentina is not very normal to have roommates. Mm. So outside of you know you marry and you go live with your spouse um i i never had a roommate my ex-conference they all lived in their own houses and we meet each other and we spend time together in, in the other houses but not together 24 7
2: mm-hmm.
0: so when i when i when we suddenly started living together by default it's like i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> it's like to be honest this is my first together experience so I felt like we needed something that was not related to our sentimental relationship because mm-hmm. there are probably things that I I don't know from not setting up the table properly or not being used to clean up after after me. I lived with my parents before that. Mm-hmm. It's like the the clothes didn't magically get cleaned <laughs> and folded into my drawers, and it's like what is this? The magic is broken. It's like <laughs> and it, and of course. My wife looked at me it's like, I'm not your mom. Get take care of yourself, you slob. <laughs> so we we kinda had to have those little checkpoints so she could um what I call puppy train me into you're, you're doing good, you're doing good, keep on doing this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um my uh my dad's uh siblings, um, when they were growing up, they had their um their Nona, their grandmother, live with them. Mm-hmm. And uh uh she would um like do their laundry and make their beds and things like that um when they were little and um I, my aunt has a story where uh somebody asked her like how do you think your laundry gets done and <laughs> she said oh it's the laundry fairy you see like I put my stuff here and then magically like the next day it's folded on my bed and the Nona's just sitting like uh-huh yeah sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I can totally uh, totally picture your Nona's face it's like, it's like mine is like it's a mix of love and yes sure dear yeah. the fairies
1: i think i think the the laundry fairy went away when she was like i don't know 15 or something like that but <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny but um but there must be something really special about your wife that in kind of like a whirlwind you were like okay this is the person i want to be with i'm sure about this i'm coming back to this country that this is the first time i've ever been here
0: <laughs> i mean uh, she she will probably say a lot of things different than what i'm gonna say but like she was first she was ready she she really wanted to find someone with similar personality in than me um mm-hmm. and you, you your last name giordano you probably know the italian uh temperament um, <laughs> yeah. but i'm i'm mixed with argentinian so mm-hmm. I, I bubble up really quick, but then that means nothing to me, like five seconds later. And, and, and that is something that currently also in my company happens. That's like, then they know, and they learn how to manage with that, because like right after that, then happiness comes either way. Mm-hmm. So she, she wanted someone to, to laugh with, uh, like a companion and all of that. So when I came here and gave her like the the only way of course that i was able to stay in the u.s was if we took that our relationship to the next level and it's like Mm -hmm. i know that you're not ready i told her like I'm, i'm not ready either but if but i do believe that there is something for us and she believed the same thing um and it's like this is this is our safe space and that's why we had the checkpoints like we are we're gonna do something that is not in our comfort zone for both of us and it's a life-changing comfort zone step out so let's make sure that we're always happy together and we're always moving closer and I think that that can the fact that I was able to articulate that for her um along with the feelings like we talked feelings and we talked or like this level of seriousness
2: mm-hmm. gave
0: her the confidence that she was in a safe place and if she said no one day it was gonna be no and i was just gonna grab my stuff be sad and walk out but it's kind like that's
1: bl- mm-hmm.
0: that that's how that's how i always saw it and i still see it right now
1: it's like uh every day it's like you coming up to her is like hey you want to dance
0: <laughs> yeah oh, <laughs> i like that definitely i'm gonna use that next year for my anniversary <laughs>
1: i'm I'm glad i could add that (laughs) absolutely (laughs) um so i wanted to know uh what it was like um growing up where you're from like what part of argentina did you grow up in
0: so i will always tell this part because it's apparently for americans it's important but not for me i was i'm adopted and i was born in a northwest state or province from argentina called tucuman but Mm -hmm. that was like I I lived there like thirty minutes, probably maybe how long, however long it took to <laughs> my parents to grab me, put me on a plane, and fly me back to Buenos Aires. So all my lives I lived in Buenos Aires city. Um, the early years I lived in the city, which would be the equivalent of a Manhattan, uh, and then I moved out to uh, to super far out during my high school years, and and then my last period in Argentina I lived which would be the equivalent of Queens, like super close to the bridge. So I can just go into the city whenever I need it. And Argentina is an interesting place. Uh, The relationships and and friends that I have there are amazing. Um, And they have always stuck by me. Literally right now, my agency friends is filled up with all of those friends that I made throughout the years. Um, I specifically went one by one. It's like, hey, do you want a company with me? Do you want a company with me? Kind of like started to bring them on board. And so friendships always played a, a terrific place in my life. Um, but then as a country, it was always really hard. It's always competition. Um, there's lack of opportunity, lack of resources, um, and like even from high school we had to compete for our to be the best uh to, who had the best GPA because at the end of high school we had a program um that actually placed everyone in the classes into um internships. And the there were companies like IBM, um Epson Printers, um Capgemini, and those all of those top companies had You never know how many spots they have for interns. So, the top GPA—that's the first—that's the guy that gets to pick first to which company he goes. Mm -hmm. So, for all my years in high school, I had to compete to be top, top of that GPA average, because if not, I was going to end up working in a place that it was not going to help me move my career forward. And then argentina with their currency problems and all of that it it gave us to any everybody that lives there a great deal of understanding both from finances and on how to always be trying to be better because their job stability is there but your financial stability is not so it's very rare that if, that someone is gonna fire you um not very rare that's normal but it's way more normal than people will change jobs between three to six months in because their financial stability, the the, the financial currency, the, the coin has depreciated. So what you were it was a good salary, now it's a below average salary. And companies are not prepared to to give you those type of races, so you need to go into another company. So it was really hard um the first I would say Ten years of my life there when I was working, to have to always be, of course, perfecting because that's normal. But like in on the lookout and never, never being able to stay in one company, and and kind of like do a career. Like it was, it goes from three to six months to doing a career in eight or ten years. So there's the gap in the middle is very very big.
1: Hmm. So. When you're talking about um what used to be a good salary now no longer is a good salary. it's kind of like all of a sudden all of these bills are way higher than they used to be, and like um the cost of living just goes up,
0: yeah exactly inflation it's a it's a thing that I' known all of my life like my parents lived i think like ten years of their lives without inflation, and before that probably u s level inflations but for me all i known was a unstable coin that it's worth as much as the monopoly money so
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, i had to always be on the lookout for that and prices increasing and helping my family um to pay our bills and having money for what i want it 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 gave me a lot of resilience to that situation i know how to how to handle myself. I know how to train myself and whatever financial situation is very rare that it gets to me because for me, it's like, ah, just another Monday.
1: (laughs) I've been here. (laughs) I know Uh, how to get out of here.
0: (laughs) What? 3% inflation in this month? Talk to me when we are at 60.
1: (laughs) With, with what you know now in, in the situation you're in now, is there anything that you would have said to like your yourself in your 20s that, that's going through that?
0: Well, I would say outside buy Bitcoin, um, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure that's a default answer for everybody. Um, I don't know if there would be a particular advice because I'm very happy on, on the history of my life that took me to this point. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the basic things of start your own company sooner, uh, face those challenges head on. I don't know if it would have been good advice. There's a lot of learning that I had to do as I was growing, growing up, being a junior developer, an engineer, a project manager, a product manager, that without all of those trainings, kind of like facing it alone as a company owner and with the responsibility of a team would have been too much for me i think Mm -hmm. um but definitely and i would think of more of a non-business advice as in trust yourself that's it like don't don't second guess just throw yourself in head first on everything what's the worst that can happen you failed
1: go with your gut
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the part of being Argentinian. I always see the glass half empty, but so it's like, yeah. sure, sure. You can have, you have a chance of success, but it's like, most likely you'll fail. What's the worst mm-hmm. that can happen And you fail, you get sad. Then you get happy again. And that's it like, yeah. oh, my, my design was not as good as I expected. Or my code didn't work on the first try. Oh, well, do the next, let's do another thing. Like,
1: yeah, <laughs> there's always I more days. To- there's always more chances. <laughs>
0: absolutely and for me it was always really interesting how my relationship with failure came about because it's not in Argentina it's an unrelenting environment so failing is really hard because you you will lose a lot of money that you probably don't have or you don't have the luxury to lose but you will still it will still happen so you minimize the risk and you plan ahead a lot more And definitely, when I was young, I was not as good as I am, of course, today, planning ahead, but um, it would have been great to fail a little bit more, a little Mm -hmm. bit faster.
1: What makes you say that?
0: Right now, I'm I'm constantly learning, right? And as any other person that is running a company or running a product, there's not a blueprint that you follow there's not a training that you can do or a school that you can go to know that you're doing the right thing. So when, when I see what I am doing today, every day I see a million things that I did wrong from Mm. printing letters on my t-shirt too big to, uh, putting up a website that is, that has some, some minor pixel, perfect non-pixel perfect sections to animations that could be better, whatever uh, business and in life is the same. It's like times that I would have said I should train my doggy better uh, (laughs) or should I I should have taken him out before the rain kind of things. So failing is, is an intrinsic part that I know right now that it needs to happen and you have to do it and you have to be okay with failing. You have to be prepared to fail and you have to be prepared to extract the learning out of failing so you can always move forward because building it perfectly sure you learn a lot but it's harder to extract the learnings out of something good it's like i'm gonna do x and y and i'm gonna do it this first step one step two step three step four but if you don't have all that written down because you're not a person that journals you're not a person that is good at doing um standard processes and things like that which is all me. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> me. Um, it's really hard to know what worked and what didn't work. But when you fail, it's super easy. Yeah. When you put it out and someone said <laughs> when I put up my website, I saw a million things that were wrong. And all I got was compliments. And it's oh, like, that's no, no, but look for the things that are wrong. Like yeah. I need I need your, your feedback. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe this and that was nothing on my list and maybe this other thing was nothing on my list and it's like okay thank you very much but how are you not seeing all of this <laughs> and that took iterations for me to realize that what we think as good has nothing to do with what the audience think is good you're mm. you're gonna be in my case much more demanding than them they're not going to see that pixel. They're not going to see that animation unless you're talking to an animator, unless you're talking to a designer. When you talk to normal people, they're going to say, wow. And that's where you need to go. Well, of course, unless your audience is, you know, animators are but <laughs> outside of that, like that's that's when we, we build a product where we create something It's like, I see and and I will keep doing the parallel with something non-business, right? I see my doggy, and everybody likes how well-behaved he is. And it's like, oh my God, this dog hears a little bell down the hallway and he starts barking. Right? <laughs> He's super well-behaved because when we walk, he sits down and he is not rushing rushing me with the leash.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> For me, it's very <laughs> weird. It's like, my dog is not as good as you think, but you're seeing it awesome. <laughs> and and that is for me the iteration of
1: failures. I think people that um user test their work and and do a lot of it um have a different perspective on like ego and
2: <laughs> yeah
1: thinking that they're self important because when you put your stuff in front of somebody and and don't even preface it with anything just ask them to approach it and watch them and and listen to their questions and stuff like that. I don't see how you could have an ego after that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And 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 that's one of the other amazing things that can happen to us when we put something out there. After talking to other designers and business owners, right? Since I'm I'm not able to create alone the websites that my company does, or the designs that my company does, or the product engineering that my team does. I'm proud of their results. I'm proud of the process, but then I'm not attached to it because it's like, it's not me. It's it's all of them. And I'm going to protect them from excessive negative feedback. But I have no, not that ego, not that personal love or personal attachment to that product. So it's like, you don't like it. That's cool. Uh, I accept it. Give me give me the feedback and um and I'm I'm not gonna be there defending my choices if you don't like it. Like, you just didn't like it. Done. And probably you're not my customer.
1: <laughs> or maybe they aren't <laughs> the target audience for that site.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and I and I can take that the attached look to do those kind of analysis. And it's like, well. Um, maybe I'm thinking that you're my client, and for and this feedback is telling me that you're not.
1: Was um, were, was there ever a point where you did have an ego, um, oh, before all that?
0: A lot of times, uh, and definitely if you know any Argentinian jokes, it's very likely that the one that you know is how to kill an Argentinian. You how? make him climb <laughs> up to his ego and push him off.
2: <laughs> That's, a thousand that. percent.
0: <laughs> That's a 1000%. That's a 1000% real. Um so I I my ego my ego gets bigger every time I hear great things about what we do or what I can help people do. Um but there's nothing that is going to make my ego smaller. <laughs> it's like yes. If you don't like it it's like you're I'm I'm still awesome. You you <laughs> are the one who doesn't understand anything, and it it has played an interesting role when I was starting the company. Of course, I was the one doing the website and doing the coding and doing the cell and doing everything else. So I had a lot more attachment to what I was doing, but I ended up realizing that the attachment that I had is to the decision or thinking process that led me to that result and not the result in itself and when someone said the famous can you make this logo bigger or it's like i don't like your website this logo is so small it's like why would you want a bigger logo it's like you don't want people to see your logo you want people to buy your stuff and then, so it in my ego comes comes back as offended not angry mm. it's like and, and and I'm a very much of a follower of Chris Doe Chris Do and the way that he argues. And it's like, you don't, I think I'm an expert ego. I, <laughs> I know I'm an expert. I have experience in the field and all of that. And you are a client. You're looking for my expertise and you're what makes your critique have more weight in my opinions. And Mm -hmm. if you're looking for me, you're clearly needing some help on the things that I am good. So when you tell me you want a logo bigger because you just want it, it's weird for me. Mm -hmm. I'll accept it and I'll work with you as a client. But that doesn't mean that uh, the fact that I had a small logo and you didn't like it means anything to my person. To my being, it's an opinion. that I respect it
1: i i totally remember times in my life where if somebody said something about the stuff that i did in design school um i it was like direct shot to the heart
0: <laughs> and it, i i can totally relate with that because it started happening when when i when i started designing things you you put yourself in the design, you put your perspective, your opinions, your likes and dislikes, and then you, outside of how good or how properly you're following a design direction or a design spec, um, you find yourself putting like the font family that you like or the color palette that you are liking right now. And when someone says, it's like, "Um, this combination doesn't work, I don't like the colors, it's like, you don't like my colors not the color you don't like me like why me i like but i'm i'm good and i like myself and these colors are pretty <laughs> and, and not then the italian comes in me and it's like i get internally i get super frustrated and it's like i want to scream at someone it's like <laughs> no my colors are awesome and you don't know color theory <laughs> and then it's like sure of course you don't know color theory What's Let's let's work together to find what whatever you like. I'll yeah. make sure you don't destroy work that I like. Um, and <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try to educate you. And so yeah. the Italian in me sometimes helps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, uh, my my family is a lot of uh, New York Italians, so mm-hmm. h- hanging out with them and listening to their voices is always unintentionally <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you
0: get the stereotypical <laughs> italian annunciation right
1: yeah yeah they're all from long island too which is oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love them so much um but uh um uh but yeah back to that um the the curiosity thing of if somebody says something instead of getting upset or having some sort of negative reaction um people say oh okay well why do you think that way and just kind of slowing down, um I started doing that in life, and it's helped in work and in life because sometimes somebody will ask you to do something, and to you you're like, "Well, that doesn't really make sense based on this other instruction that they gave me, so sometimes you ask them more, and then you find out, "Oh, what you actually want is this. <laughs> oh, I can help you with that. What you're asking for right now that's not going to get you to the goal that you actually want so let's let's talk about it
0: and and that's totally true because. Curiosity is a great way to engage with people. Um, Now, when 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 it came to my business experience was that not all the time people want to engage in that curiosity. And at least luckily for my engineering experience and as I was saying before, right, to from growing up and, and getting to the point that I am today with all my experience, allowed me to know when someone wants an answer and again it's like if you're looking for a recipe i will always say life is not a recipe like if you want to rank number one in google there is no checklist there is no sequence of one two three four and when you do those four steps the next one is you'll see yourself ranking one in google like that's that's a lie it's never going to happen and if someone is telling you that it's lying there's a process it's going to take time it's going to take adjustments you're going to get there the person of course doing that needs to have something that they know it has been proven to work but it's not the same for someone selling cakes that someone's selling software and someone selling shoes so i i always look at that and when someone says what what do i need to do a b c d tell me it's like First, this is not a recipe. This is not gonna be a blanket canvas. What I'm just trying to show you right now is that I know what I'm talking about. So I'm giving you in a without knowing your business, without knowing what you need to do, and without a lot of other conversations in this 15-minute call, you should do something along these lines. One, two, three, Mm -hmm. four. But it's like I always sometimes people don't want to spend the time uh, to go to curiosity and It happens on both sides. Sometimes I I feel that when someone pushes in in a curious way to me, uh, trying to, when I outsource video productions or when I outsource some illustration, and I don't know how to, prop. I'm unsure on how well I'm doing the creative brief, that when someone comes with questions in an inquisitive way, I feel unsafe, I feel attacked,
2: Mm. and I
0: react. It's like, well, you should know, like uh, I'm giving you as much as I can. And sometimes I feel that from clients when I go into curiosity mode and it's like, I can do your website, but what is your real purpose? Mm. Why your company exists? And it's like, dude, I just want a website. I already I don't know all of that. I know a little bit about what I want in a website, and I'm not asking you to change my life. I'm asking you to give me a website. Mm. The changing life requires trust, requires, um, engagement with other person. And what we call in my case, again, friends, friendship, like that, that relationship of give and take. Yeah. So some, most of the times I just start with a website and it's like, we want a website. Sure. Do you know what you want? Yes. No. Do you want help to find out what you want? yes okay let's 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 go into an engagement Mm -hmm. but throughout all of that i will earn the trust of that client and it's like look you got this far what is your next step how do you want to get there now i can engage them with their real data with their real trust and when i go inquisitive they allow me to go inquisitive
1: i think that that's really funny though because um uh I remember the the Christo uh, phrase that's like, you work with people that you like, know, and trust. And if you think about it, that's exactly what a friend is. So like the name of (laughs) the agency is perfect.
0: (laughs) And you have no idea how crazy it is when (laughs) I literally become friends with my clients and we go out to have beers and I meet their families and we do barbecues and we jump on calls. and. It's an instant chemistry. It's like yeah. literally friendship. And I can talk the way I talk always. Uh, I'm Argentinian. I swear a lot more than I do right now. <laughs> I'm being very careful to keeping this as PG as possible. Um
1: it's allowed if you need it.
0: <laughs> oh no, don't it's okay. worry. I, I think I'm I think I'm doing well enough that this is not throwing a tick in my brain, like I'm kind of glitching. But um and, when my when when we establish that kind of relationship, it's like we have fun. We go into the meetings, and even when the project is delayed or where the there we are, if we have a client right now. We are in the eleventh round of design approvals,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we are still laughing on the calls. And it's like, are you going to get to eighteen? You know, are we <laughs> going to have to go buy a beer for this design sprint? It's like, and then we we enjoy like working together and, and having the, the comfort of talking to each other in that way, that when you, when we go to brass tax, it's like, sure, they are still paying. They have to pay for the additional rounds, but they're, they're doing it because we also have a good, and good relationship on, on the meetings. And my team, of course, delivers and delivers according to what they want and they, they keep issuing changes <laughs> and. That makes it so much easier um and and I, and I found that i can trust my gut in terms of finding friends um when i do business and that we have problems when my gut starts telling me this, this is not going into the right place um i measure it just like friendship toxic relationship that we can have with uh, not a needy friend but in a needy in a wrong way it's like someone that needs a different type of help. It's like, there's a moment where I need to make sure that my friends get the care that they need. And sometimes the care that they need is not my company.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I like you, I love you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you select whoever is the next person. I'm going to make sure that the handoff is well. And I'm even willing to keep on going for free with you, making mm-hmm. sure that that person that I selected, that you said is good and that you are paying is living up to the expectations that you had but i'm not working with you
1: that's that seems like um um i don't know sometimes i focus so much on what somebody says and my brain doesn't have a next thing to say <laughs> it, it always
0: it always happens to me don't worry um it is it is really it's, it is really something when you when you decide what ethos your company is going to have yeah um another because it's a it was a big part of my decisions on the company and my of course my my co-founder esteban my business partner and my best friend since i'm like i don't know 10 yeah um that we're only going to work with people that we like Mm -hmm. and at the same time we don't want to build a company at the expense of our personalities or being assholes or being sharks. And mm-hmm. we have encountered uh partners, uh business partners that were shark and took client from us. Um we had encountered employees that um, we thought that they were good and they left us hanging in the core of the project or when the when we really needed them, they didn't come through despite of course good payment and all that. And you know, I I I know other people, other business owners that would have taken the recourse of executing legal actions. It's like, I'm going to grab my non-compete. I'm going to grab my non-solicitation. I'm going to grab my all of this. And I'm going to lawyer up and you're going to get screwed. uh, Because you are in breach of contract and we have the full authority to do those actions. Um, And that's not who we want to be um it's more about that happened why did we allow it to happen and not in the we should have been more stringent with our controls or something which of course always although those situations always makes us change the way that we handle inside the company but it's like what didn't we trust what was the red flag that we clearly let it pass for the sake of something and that's the kind of thing that we have improved and changed, uh, through these years of, of doing business. It's like, we become more aggressive with, I want to work with people that I trust, like my friends, mm-hmm. everybody that is in my company and everybody that is currently my client are people that I want to sit down and have a dinner and have a beer, spend an afternoon, chill out, whatever it is. And if that's not the case, there is something wrong
1: the only other oh you go. go 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 the the only other person that i have heard talk ab- about his company the way that that you talk about your coworkers is um uh, Arush from uh flow ninja um, um he was when when he talked to me about his uh his company and i started meeting uh the different people um he was like yeah i've known that person since we were kids Like, I've known that person for a really long time. Um, Like, we're really well connected. And um, even if we may not get along all the time, we might not agree on everything. There is no question in my mind that I trust this person. And, like, that's the foundation of of his relationship with the people that he works with. And that seems like the way to go.
2: (laughs) I mean,
0: um, I, I was thrusted also into trust. Of course, it's my best friend, but um, we we didn't ever had a business together before. And it was always, you know, kind of like when you say we got to open a bar together with your friends and it would be awesome or a bar or a club. Well, we said we want to work together when we were kids. Um, and up to I started friends, we, we, we weren't able to do so. And he's my my best friend, he's an amazing CFO.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's amazing like his ability with numbers is something that i even if he sits down and explains it to me for a year i was just like (laughs) sure this is really nice pretty numbers um he he manufactures magic and when we started and well he's my best friend so we headbutted a lot because it's like i want to do things my way and he wanted to do my things his way and it's like Prove it to me, and prove it to me, and it was all like not the macho thing, but it's like <laughs> we know each other for all our lives yeah so when when the time came, and he ended up taking more of that financial role inside the company and realizing on my limitations when I was doing the proposals, like my offers were not even as close as good as his. he mm-hmm. managed to get eighty percent of his offers approved and accepted and I'm, I don't know, 20, 30%. So he was way better. And it was like, you know what, I'm gonna trust that. You you just tell me a report that we are financially solvent, that we have, my goal is to have like six months of runway plus savings and I so said like, these are my parameters. Mm-hmm. If we go down on, under that, I'm gonna get anxious. And that's, that's annoying for both of us. You keep me up on those parameters, I don't care. You do your thing. And when I had to do that level of trust with him, because I couldn't do it for myself, that definitely was the core of our relationship. And like now the business relationship changed into being. I'm going to make my place in the company. It's like, and I'm going to take from you whatever I need to take. So my place is comfortable. Like so, you don't come knocking and checking on financials every day. You don't. Uh, I don't go checking. It's like, oh, is this client going to pay next week? I don't know. Is yes, that one knows? <laughs> uh, I just ask him, like, hey, can we do a bonus for the team? Yes, no. Can we do this? Yes, no. And he tells me, and I trust him. I don't go check. And it's like, oh, you're missing here that there's a thousand dollars coming from this project. It's like I don't go check that thing. <laughs> well, when he doesn't go check on my stuff. Mm-hmm. and everyone in the company is moving into those type of relationships and that's what makes me happy uh, that as we grow these people that are also my friends but they work for me they they know how to make their space in the company and my webflow my lead webflow engineer of course he knows leaps and bounds more than i do right now um but i can still surprise him here and there and he's learning how to keep that under control and have his own area. It's like, don't come here. When I say this is going to take two weeks, it's two weeks. I don't need your supervision.
2: Go do your thing.
0: <laughs> like, it's two weeks. Trust me. I already yeah. thought about that. I read that. And so he, when, when I get anxious, he, he has everything prepared. So it's like, shoo, shoo, shoo out of my area. <laughs> Space. Like, I got this. And and everybody gets to to have that feeling with me because I'm in the bottom, in the very bottom. I'm so lazy. I want everybody <laughs> to be able to do that. And I'll and I'll and I'll just go talk to people and make great deals and find cool companies that everybody will like to work for.
1: I think it's um really funny when uh people who are very hardworking also say that they're lazy because I remember hearing from um this uh really successful entrepreneur and he said something like um i exclusively hire lazy people because they're so much more efficient (laughs) they're not going to waste time doing anything
0: (laughs) absolutely and um we look for automations as i said i'm I'm very bad at writing processes but i had experience built a lot of experience building products so when i discovered um sapier, uh, Make.com, Integromat in the past and uh, or when I was still able to code and deploy things more effectively. It's like, I don't know my process, but I know that I'm doing this and this is annoying and repetitive. I'm just going to code something. Um, so when I put it here, uh, then it does this. Um, but the reason why I'm a good leader and a bad probably follower is because then I code that it's beautiful. It worked exactly as I wanted. I never use it <laughs> because then my probably I found so many improvements in the process in itself that that process is already obsolete, and I have a new process. So I built something for the old, and I already I'm doing something new.
1: There's just a practice round.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so then I'm doing the new thing manually, not using the old that is automatic. I'm thinking, huh, I should automate this one too. I maybe need to automate, it. <laughs> and a few months later I do it again, and it, and and again and again and again. <laughs>
1: um, are you uh, are you a fan of uh Aaron Kornblatt? Uh, automate all the it things. Rings a
0: bell, but I, you, you gotta help me out on this one. Yeah,
1: yeah. So um, so he is a uh, big into automating things. So um, uh, it's uh him. He's a big guy for me, and also Connor Finlayson um they're both I'm um, fans of both of them and I did a uh an episode with Aaron and we were talking about how um like you shouldn't waste time doing all these things that could be automated and then I came up with the phrase um life is short automate all the things
2: <laughs> yes
1: and he said I like that one
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy I remember so I, I love Connor now uh, of yeah. course I, I know Connor and um when When I started seeing all the automations and seeing companies automate things, and I have tremendous amount of respect for the automations that 8020 has, like Mm -hmm. half of my automations and half of my processes are being modeled to get to that level one day. And when, but on the other hand, I realized that what's crashing against that concept for me is the fact that I want to say that I do things that are unique for a client, but I don't, I don't want to spend, I don't know, five hours or eight hours doing a proposal. So I, I, I'm I'm always battling those two sides, uh, but I'm coming to the realization uh, and I'm trying to, this is my goal for the end of the year, hopefully to get everybody in the company to understand the project management concept that is called baselining it's like this is how we do things and this is the the way that from sales to delivery things need to happen this is our signature process guarantee of success whatever we want to call it like and we rinse and repeat that process as much as we can as often as we can but every client is different every design system is different every development is different every everything it's always The client is going to give things in a different order. Things that you expect at the beginning are going to come at the end. Things that you expect at the end are going to come at the beginning and so on. So when I'm trying to get everybody to, to work with that baseline and say it's like, now this client is changing this and this client is changing this and this is how we're going to run this project. And when in doubt, we're not going to reinvent the wheel for the next steps. When in doubt, we're going to just go back to the baseline. Like, mm-hmm. listen, you gave me the copy instead of in a Google doc in markup on in the use style. Like, an, oh no, oh my goodness, let's not freak out because we were expecting it somewhere else. What do we need to do? Oh, well, we need to have it all compiled before we put it together to give him another version. So just, let's just go back to the baseline and this client, are you sure that you gave me all of your copy? Because not all of the pages have copy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right fantastic now it's done go to the baseline go back and keep on working and that's where the automations are really coming in handy because the processes and that's why we automate them take long take time so if i want to create a status report and i don't have my ticketing system updated and my risks updated and the timeline updated in there then i have to do go manually like Look off all of the items, make a Gantt chart and, and prepare all the milestones again. And it's like, ah, that's, <laughs> that's silly. Just go grab the original and make sure that everything is good.
1: It. What do you think about the phrase, um, the only thing that's ever really guaranteed in life is change. And the people who are the, who are the most successful are people that are open to it. Kind of like with all these different clients that have, I don't know, they're going to respond to um requests differently and things like that just being open to like okay we can do this it'll be fine it might be different than what we're used to but it's okay
0: yeah i totally connect that phrase to to one that uh one of the other best friends so we are three best friends from childhood childhood and his wife is an amazing the best human resource resources person i've ever met And she told us our responsibility is to import stress and uncertainty on export calm. Mm. So in the, in the face of change, I I see that so truthfully because clients are always going to be different and what's going to keep our team calm first is like, they can see all of that happening and they can see the calmness on us, nothing is changing. We know that change is constant. Not for you. You are designing. You are developing. You are managing the project. You are managing the account. For you, you need to know what you need to do. Follow the process. Follow the step as much as you can, and just have wiggle room to adapt to the changes that we cannot stop. Mm
2: -hmm. But if
0: not, it's best for everybody if we try to take to bring them into what we know it's gonna work. Like sure, you can go and do a design without approving the logo, but. Then if the logo ends up being green and the rest of the site is blue, then it's going to look weird and you're going to have to change everything. Can we do it? Sure. It's going to cost more money and give you more frustration, but we recommend that you prove the logo and then we move to the next. If the client is adamant on moving with an unapproved logo, the account manager, the project manager, the designer, and everybody need to know how they're going to deal with it. But that's the but they need to see that we are the safety net that is like sure change is inevitable everybody's going to be changing things in the last minute and it's kind of okay
1: how does that feel to be the safety net or or have the goal of being the safety net
0: stressing i mean i look like this and i'm 17 years old no just kidding Um, (laughs) i I have a lot of gray hairs Um, i do look older than what i am but it's a mix between it's a it's an awesome feeling with it comes with a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. um because not everybody feels safe the same way so uh, and part of having a good company culture or I don't know if the term is going to be good I'm going to change it part of having part of having a company culture is to know that everybody's aligned with something Mm-hmm. And they w- will generally feel safer under the same circumstances, so I know that if i if they see me talking back to the client and telling them how they our how things we think that they're supposed to go um our recommendations from the technical point of view they see us concede on changes when we need to concede them because they're small and fight for the bigger ones when they see all of that i I hope for everybody, but at least for friends and for my company, they they do I do know that they feel safer with that because they know that when we ask them to do something, it's for a reason. Mm. And not just uh let the client through a tantrum. Um and at the same time, it's stressful because I feel like if I'm not able to protect them from that, there's gonna be a crazy request gonna fly in there and It's a double-edged sword because I know that my team is going to respond. I know that they're going to do exactly what the client wants perfectly. But they're going to probably put additional hours. They're going to probably, if that was an improper change that I wasn't able to manage and it came out on a Thursday for a Friday, they're going to own it and they're going to do it. And then they're going to be tired or or lack QA or skip things in order to make sure that the client gets what they need. And then I don't like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't I don't like my team stressing out. I don't like my team working out of hours. Uh I, I I strive to make sure that they work eight hours a day whenever they wanted to do it. Right, but it's like they, they stay within those parameters. Mm-hmm. There's no problem in failing, missing deadlines sometimes. Like they're I try to communicate and my PMs and my account managers do the same. Like, this is an important deadline. This one, this is the one that you don't miss. Mm -hmm. All the internal ones are going to help you not miss that one. Yeah. But If you need three more hours in an internal, take three more hours. If you need half a day, take half a day. Just be mindful that there are more things, like, after that. So, the the three more hours that you're losing here, they're not three more hours, probably, when the final delivery uh, campaign is going out. So... I I want to keep them safe so they can enjoy their lives.
1: What were uh, the three of you guys like as childhood friends?
0: <laughs> super, super interesting. We have very three distinct personalities. Um, and we kind of like go together very well. Um, by the way, it, it still is a three in France, but we are just two friends and another co-founder. Alejandro. Yeah. that is not our third best friend from childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but Esteban, Esteban was always the responsible one. Mm. I was a good CFO. The
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shocker, right? <laughs> I was always the guy that loved making the plans. And it's like, hey, so we're going to do this on Thursday. Then we go here. <laughs> then we go on Friday this place. And then we take the bus. We go this place. And we do that. And... The last one uh, and it's called nacho he's he's always the extrovert and we we so wanted him to be able to join us as our i don't know like salesperson or <laughs> sorry salesperson or marketing uh person because he loves talking to people he has also great english he's uh he's the little spark around the room that's always running and he has a great relationship with his own energy in a way that he can be super big and fill up the room and make everybody have a great time while at the same time he knows how to just like make himself super small and let someone else take the lead without drawing the attention without drawing that and right now he's doing amazing work for uh for his company and he's presenting and doing events and when you see him on stage you you literally see that when he's alone when he's sharing it how he manages that energy and it's awesome. And that's how we were when we were kids, both when we were going clubbing or going having uh, some gathering at a house. It was always that same combination of energies. <laughs> but we're gonna do a barbecue. Or is gonna say it's like, hey everybody, I need your orders, what type of meat this is it vegetarian? <laughs> and we're gonna go buy it at 3 p.m. Because this guy closes later and we take the bus and we come back. It was always the same <laughs> the same structure.
1: And and what was um what was so responsible about your friend? Oh like-
0: so Esteban um he when I go ahead and do all the planning, yeah, I, yeah. I get tunnel vision for when I'm planning. <laughs> so I yeah. forget other things exist. And yeah. in this case it sometimes was notifying my parents or the rest of the <laughs> crew of a change of plans. So it's like I'm I was always planning whether it'd be an Excel or over text messages in our little group. And then it's like, have you told so and so that we are no longer going at 7 p.m. to this place? It's like oh, don't worry, don't worry. I already told them. <laughs> so he oh he goodness. was my safety net all the time.
1: <laughs> I, I did that that once. Um I, I had this uh get together. And we changed the location. Um, and I remember telling everybody, but I forgot to tell my one friend. And then my one friend went to that old location. She's like, Where are you? And I just remember feeling so terrible. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I was 13. I should not have been planning anything at 13. Um, <laughs> but I I've I've been there.
0: <laughs> I, I I definitely definitely relate to that and that's that's part of the things that <laughs> i take it with a grain of salt and that's why i have friends that compliment my <laughs> the, the things that i will do wrong um and at the same time it's like it it's what helps me realize that everything's going to be fine in the end
1: yeah what uh when you were a kid what did you want to be when you grew up
0: ha <laughs> interestingly enough i was uh, i was almost ready for that one um because i was trying to remember er, early this morning and i wanted to be a game designer i Ooh. love video games um and and i and I, I didn't fully ended up doing that but not that much no not that far off because in the before the computer era and all that uh, if you remember uh The NES or the Super Nintendo or all of those things, you had the cartridge of the game, and had like yeah. little. And of course, I opened up a million of those, and and see all the chips and little transistors that were there. So the earlier ones were literal games coded with the transistors and everything, and very small integrated chips because it were old. They didn't have the capacity that we have right now, so. I remember my dad telling me like, you see, well, all of this, and then you code it and the pong, the, the, that little video game is like, it's, it's just transistors and things and then electricity that moves from one to another. Yeah. So that's how I decided that I wanted to do that. I wanted to learn the path of a game designer. And I, and at that time, the path was learning hardware. So I became a electronics technician. So that was my high school degree. Uh, so I did really? all my high school and I learned electronics and electricity and on top of, of course, you know, all the rest. So, and I ended up going in, to college for a CS degree, um, because then I discovered by that time that the video games were putting some code inside the chips. I was like, oh, I like the code inside the chip. I like it much more than being soldering things into a, a little plaque and. I ended up being able to with a small studio that I worked in the past to do some small video games and I loved it so much. Um, and unfortunately my career took me in a different path. So now if I would have a goal it would be similar to John D. Saunders, like to be able to help those little game studios or even the big ones to do, whether it's a microsite or play with it. But I, I loved game development. I still love.
1: (laughs) So uh, was there a game that, uh, piqued your interest as a kid?
0: I think there were, there was not one. There were a lot of them. Um, my, my family my mom is a teacher and my dad is a marketer. So they were an interesting combination, um, because my mom always found a way to make everything teachable. Um, And of course, my dad, too. So when I started playing video games, my mom was always teaching me something regarding of what was on screen um, and about the video game. And my dad was kind of like sometimes counteracting the point that it's like, sure, all of that is all fine and dandy, but people wouldn't like something like that if I put it on your face. So you needed to put it in a marketing way Mm. so kids would learn something. And... When one game that I remember that combined all of that and it's like and and that's allowed me to discover storytelling was an old game called the Age of Empires
2: mm. and
0: it it was a very uh like a tactical game and and super fun to play, but it literally taught you history and you you did the great battles of Greece and Rome um and you were part of different empires and there were campaigns or scenarios that you would play that you were playing the losing side. Yeah. So you could try to see what other strategies you would have done um, and why probably all of these other people in real life, they thought about all of what you're thinking and they said, it's like, oh, this is not going to work. And this was still the best possibility. And so all of that got me always to think about Not wasting time with games, but like using them to learn something and extrapolate knowledge from it. And then with my dad on marketing, discovering if I want someone to learn or to achieve this particular result, how do I put it in a fun way? Or how do I make sure that they don't realize that they're learning history um, and then they're just playing a game? But I can tell you for sure that two years of my high school years, Age of Empires was my textbook. I <laughs> like I literally cemented every little date and notion um thanks to thanks to that game.
1: <laughs> Did that ever help you in history class?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely for two years.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. um, when
0: the Greek history and the Roman history, that was a breeze for me because I was playing that game.
1: Um there's a bunch of jokes uh, I would see people uh, playing Call of Duty and then doing really well in history class. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> My dad loved all of those games, like Call of Duty and Medal of Honor, because he loved the history of all of that. Yeah. And and of course, he he loved it so much. Like he was correcting the game, and th- then <laughs> tables turned, and it's like, Dad, it's a game. It's a game. You <laughs> cannot do that part because it's boring. They, they put you here. It's like, but no, but they didn't attack through this railroad like it's like but if if you don't do it it's boring (laughs) it's like
1: one of the uh i have been told that one of the fun parts of being a parent is turning anything into a lecture yes
0: (laughs) (laughs) i try to actively avoid doing that um i don't know if i'm that successful
1: (laughs) um so uh i think i think one of the fun things if i remember about like uh high school is um Uh, all the different ways that my teacher would try to make things fun Um, and usually uh, um, I don't know if you ever played Kahoot I I
0: think I did but I don't know the name in Spanish so I'm going to stick with I think because it's very (laughs) likely
1: (laughs) it was like one of it was this um, uh, it was kind of like Jeopardy or not Jeopardy it was like uh, um, everybody would take out their their phone or computer or something like that and um, uh, you had a remote um, on your phone and it gave you four options. And then up on the the screen in the front of the class, it would ask you a question and then everybody could um, uh, uh, guess uh, on your little remote. And I don't know, mm-hmm. it just made the class really fun. I started using that actually. I, I went to um, the Floxy's um, Webflow UX community thing. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, i guess what i know a lot is about like people who do webflow stuff or do uh no code stuff and so i started making uh kahoot games um uh trying to get people to guess like these people's names or who they are and uh a fun thing that i did was um i would like take my my friend's face uh and then i would make um three fake names and one real name and uh (laughs) but they were like very close like um uh like joseph blueberry instead of joseph berry <laughs> or <laughs> uh connor finlayson and then like a whole bunch of other like i don't know uh, oh, I irish names or something like
2: that <laughs> we should
0: totally bring that to the to the flow <laughs> too
1: it was very funny. And then um the cool thing is that uh, it was recorded, so I was able to find the snippets where I featured my friends, um, and then sent it to them and they're like, What are all these fake names that you made about me? And I'm like, I don't know, I was just having fun.
0: <laughs> I would totally do that. I would totally do that. It's a great <laughs> game. And we play a lot of the names in, in Spanish too. Yeah. Like I, I I go by Marcelo, but because I'm everybody in the u.s is calling me my my short name is marce
1: yeah
0: but they don't call me marce either they french it up and they call me marce oh or they (laughs) kind of change my name or gender into marcy oh (laughs) neither one of them
1: (laughs) that that is not me sir (laughs) I,
0: i just laugh it out because it's like oh of course Again, all of the comp- all of my company are my friends, and they know me. So, of course, every time someone says calls me Marcy, <laughs> they're like Marcy, and they just start bombarding me on Slack.
1: <laughs> so you know you got some good friends <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when they just try to mess with you all the
0: time. <laughs> I, I I was gonna always say it's like I think that messing messing up with someone else in a good way. It's so important to build that that <laughs> friendship portion.
1: Oh, um. Uh I'll I'll go back into uh noka stuff later, but uh I I got the best uh birthday gift recently from my friend. Um and it was hilarious. So um like he and I uh were roommates um for a while and I, I lived in the same house with him for two years. And um, he always used to make fun of me because I'm such a huge fan of peanut butter. And I made a mm-hmm. I was going through a phase where I like put peanut butter in everything. I had peanut butter powder. Like it was like a problem. I would go through <laughs> jars and jars of Jif peanut butter. It was it was an issue. Um, I still like it. And so uh, this year uh, for my birthday, he ordered from a restaurant um, depot or like a like a restaurant grocery store. Um 35 pounds of peanut butter <laughs> and it came in this like paint jar thing and I had to carry <laughs> 35 pounds of peanut butter across the street <laughs> to my apartment and now it's just in my house
0: <laughs> now did you end up using the 35 pounds of peanut butter
1: <laughs> I literally I got it like three days ago I haven't even opened it yet <laughs> so um but but like your friend pulling a prank on you like that and messing with you it was one of the best gifts I almost started crying laughing it was you just feel so loved by this friend that they'd be willing to order 35 pounds of peanut butter just to pull a prank on you
0: they're really my friends are really lucky that we have a distributed company and they are in Argentina <laughs> Mexico and all of these other countries yeah I would do that all the time like- <laughs> I, I we do that with my wife and, and a friend of his that loves nutella yeah um, so we send him the big tar the, the big bucket of nutella that it's in costco oh like there you go like, We we send him a couple of pictures and then like he he loves the practical jokes yeah. and i think he loves nutella a little bit more than he should but <laughs> Like he he loved it. And it's like we were we were walking with Costco with the two tubs in here. <laughs> <laughs> I i it one of the greatest things of the US that is, is it has a much so much more market to do these little pranks. Yeah. Um <laughs> we made him a bobblehead um on a speedo because he was a speedo modeler in, oh, in really? his past life. So it's a huge bobblehead with speedo with, with a speedo on. Um he always jokes that he forgets how old he is. So we always bother him with being either like a vampire or something. So <laughs> one time we, we ended up giving him a, a little cane and a diaper. And <laughs> he's he's such an over-the-top friend, which we so enjoy, that yeah. when we gave him the diaper, we were in a, in a nice Greek restaurant here in Fort Lauderdale. And the dude just like put on the, the diaper in there.
2: Over like, no, of course
0: not taking the pants, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you put on the diaper and there was this all these people in, you know, good shirts and, and jackets and ties, <laughs> and this dude walking around in a diaper, going into the bathroom and coming back.
1: <laughs> totally disrespecting the establishment, but you're Absolutely. like crying laughing.
0: <laughs> Luckily we were like twelve, so they weren't gonna kick yeah. us out and but that was like a good a good fifteen minutes of came on a diaper in a fine <laughs> restaurant
1: <laughs> if um i don't know it having really really good friends like that is something that's hard to find i've noticed that um uh quality is so much better than quantity and it's so mm. obvious when i say that out loud but <laughs> it took me a long time to realize that it's not something that's obvious especially when you're really young
0: well, I think it's a it's a process where you where you find yourself in a hit and miss situation, and then there's a there's a song by a, an author called uh, Roberto Carlos that he does. He's like he says, "I want to have a million friends," um, yeah. but in reality, you end up finding out that you have really good friends for really particular groups, um, and mm-hmm. just like I had a really good friend. Uh, for salsa dancing I had a really good friend in every one of companies I worked for I had a really good friend when I was doing taekwondo or and I'm pretty sure that the some of the friendships that I am making in my company they're not gonna last outside the company when I'm like 65 I would hope so but I know that it's very possible that the for them they're a different moment in their lives but then the really good friends, the one that make your your whole life better, yes, you count those guys with one hand. Um, but that doesn't mean that you cannot have an awesome time <laughs> with all the rest, the rest of your life. Because uh, with work, with the people that you work with, you spend like a stupid amount of hours. You spend probably more than with your significant other with them. Mm-hmm so you gotta have a good time and you gotta have fun no matter what's going on no matter the deadline no matter uh, if you made a mistake or you are being congratulated it's like let's have fun either way you made a mistake let's let's give each other some good good riveted hard time about it so that feeling sinks so you have more reasons to never make that mistake again such as wearing diapers on a restaurant <laughs> But, on the other hand, <laughs> it's like when you do good, you know that you have everybody there celebrating that you're doing good, but we're mm. all doing good. <laughs> it's just like, so let's let's do more good. So we all keep on celebrating with that pizza beer or whatever.
1: I think it's so interesting sometimes that uh um, that having a really good relationship with the people that you work with, um, some people will stay at a job that maybe they don't like the job itself, but they stay for the people. Um, mm-hmm. I hear that so often from people, and um, uh, I don't know it. It makes me realize like how amazing <laughs> it could be if you had both. <laughs> like, well, and the people absolutely. are great, and the <laughs> what you are doing day to day is great.
0: I mean, uh, I am I'm very. Uh, I settle with much less, kind of like the people are great, and the and you don't hate your job. It's <laughs> like, I, I uh, there are days that I don't even like my job. It's like mm-hmm. it's like when I have to go say give some bad someone bad news a client bad news we miss the deadline or have a tough mm-hmm. conversation I don't like my job I would like to not have to do that but mm-hmm. we need to but either way um and this is a shout out to to one former employee of ours like this is what I'm gonna tell you is the example of what I want in my life and for my company like we had to let this uh this guy Franco go. Uh, I would say it was in a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were doing fine. he uh, was just not a good fit for us at that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave him a recommendation. Uh, we kept in touch with him. And a few weeks ago, he came back with a deal for our company. Really? like Literally, he talked to someone. He thought it was a good fit with us. Um, he was not able to take it on his own. And he's like, hey, do you guys want to try to take it? I don't even need to be involved. But it's like, if I can, awesome. But like, do you want to give it a try? And like it or not, I I started thinking about the concept. Like this is a person that is no longer with me. And it's not that he decided to go. It's like we decided to cut him loose. And he still liked us enough to bring us something out of the goodness of his heart out of the relationship that he has made with my team with my with me uh with the rest of his friends and that's what i want like forever and for everybody like early today i was responding to a message of someone telling me are you afraid if the client goes and talks directly to your employees like asking why do i put them in the website and it's like i'm not I encourage that someone who want to go talk to my employees, please go ninety nine percent of the cases I know at the time, they're gonna come back to me and tell me, Hey, someone is asking for a project,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and if they're not, and they can take it on their own, fantastic, even better, yeah, go and be better, faith your what you in with us you have a lot of like safety nets, and if you wanna challenge yourself, sometimes we are not gonna be challenge you challenging you in the way that you want all the time because it's a job sometimes we do something we like sometimes we do something that we accept
2: mm-hmm.
0: and go for it please take another project uh, don't hurt your friends that are working with you in another project
2: mm-hmm. but
0: if you want to take an additional job go Take finish mm-hmm. that, that freelance project challenge yourself and be proud of it and we don't mind and that's that's what I expect to always be able to transmit to these people. It's like, this is a friendship. We are not your only friends.
2: <laughs> you can have more
0: friends. Uh we don't get jealous. You can go party with someone else. Go. <laughs> um just be there to your friends when they need you. You're not when if you are what are they calling it right now? Silently quitting or those kind oh, of things. Oh,
1: quiet quitting? Yeah. Quiet yeah.
0: quitting. You're not hurting me.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i'm not even i read some ceo talking about stealing from the company like because you're getting paid for not doing work or doing less than but it's like it's not even about that i don't mind it's it's more about your friends there you have other people in the project with you that they are Mm -hmm. looking to not be stressed to finish the project on time to pay their bills to be successful and you're hurting them they need you to be successful so i i try to always find people that follow that motto and that they're not gonna quietly quit (laughs) they're going to just come out and say it's like i'm out of here and i'm gonna say awesome congratulations you found the next step
1: when when you look for a friend or you look for somebody to to join what are like Green flags that you look for in a person. Are there things that people do that you're like, oh, I know, I've seen that trait in friends that I really get along with. I recognize Um, that.
2: Yeah,
0: I'd love to tell you that there is like a set of checklists kind of thing, but there's only one. Like if I enjoy talking to them, Mm -hmm. like I, I try to, and then when I first meet someone, to as quickly as possible, go as Open as possible in the way that we talk, whether it be cursing, talking about personal preferences of things. It's like this: this is all that we are, or all that I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just be yourself. And then once they feel comfortable, because someone else gave them permission to talk about, whether it be political views, religious views, or anything like that, and they see that if they have opposing views, nothing is going to happen. Yeah, um, then it's just a conversation. And if that conversation gives me a good feeling, normally that's uh, that's as far as I go. Now that because I leave all of the technical details, I leave it to, if it, if we have an administrative position like a project manager or an account manager, Esteban that one is gonna be doing part of the interviews too to check how they do the client management. If we're doing a technical position like a Webflow developer, a end developer, uh, we're gonna be leaning on our Webflow expert to ask him questions and that's also another part of how our company works each one of them is going to also have their own set of questions of what makes them feel at ease with this other person
2: Mm -hmm. like
0: for example i really appreciate that my web flow expert always takes a personal interest on where they are in their lives Mm. because he even though that i don't agree with what he says he says that we need a specific person in a specific time because they need to be conscious enough to know that they need to work eight hours, but they don't need to do it 95 there mm-hmm. that they n- need to know what's how to put importance into a project without being told. So, um, and he has a particular probably set of questions that he asks during an interview to gauge those things. And as I said, uh, for me those things should come naturally for him as something that to look for and I super love that he can do that and he can take that interview in that way
1: I try to think about um most of my life I when I would try to pick a friend or something like that a lot of the time you would be like okay well do I like this person um uh like how do they make me feel that kind of stuff and it wasn't until like a couple of years ago that I started thinking, okay, well, um, how what am I doing? <laughs> like how am I? <laughs> like how do how how would people want to be friends with me? And um uh I started um kind of like asking my friends like how they felt and I would try to be a little bit more curious. And then I started to see some changes in myself of, okay, well, um, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds so self-centered but like uh asking people about like what's going on in their day just calling them up out of nowhere and being like yeah just just curious like how was work today or things like that <laughs> like being more um uh i know changing the perspective of like okay well uh what does this person do for me how do they make me feel and then actually really being conscious of like well how do i make this person feel like does my friend feel loved i haven't seen her in like 3 months like what am i doing <laughs>
0: But does it happen to you sometimes that you have these friends that you may not see them for months? And then when you see them again and see them or talk to them for months, you see them again, it's like your friendship was on pause. It's like you just come back and it's like instant. Nothing has changed. You didn't have to talk to these people. And that's. Probably that's part of the dynamic that I have with Esteban because I'm I'm very bad at following up. I'm literally having a CRM system to follow <laughs> up with leads, even though that it's my business to do that. Um it's like I need to have a reminder because I forget.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And my friends know that too. Like they they know and accept that out of me. Um but they, that's the, the other part, right? And it, and maybe I can offer that uh, like counter perspective um to making friends Uh, according to my wife I'm very good at making friends I have no idea what or how I do it (laughs) but I'm I'm always just me that's probably the Argentinian ego is like whatever you don't like me it's your problem you're wrong I'm right (laughs) and I like um um, the more I meet people and then find different personalities I begin to think of how different is to make friends with someone that it's more introverted or extroverted and how those two sides of the spectrum affect how i see them as friends and and realizing that sometimes i misjudge an introvert for someone that doesn't like me or Mm -hmm. mistake uh an extrovert for for someone that it's annoying and it's like (laughs) shut up a little bit um (laughs) so my growth was to recognize that and not judge them it's like let's just distill that and accept that not everybody is gonna be like my best friend it's not gonna be like that super person that i put on pause for a year and i come back and it's the same um but every now and then, I always touch base, try to touch base at least once a year with my friends <laughs> um, yeah. and see how they're doing or what they're up to um, but at the same time, since I'm forgetful like that, like I also forgive well pretty much everything. It's like my cousins didn't tell me that they were pregnant or having a baby. I didn't tell them that I was getting married. <laughs> when we meet each other it's like hey we just put on pause from last time yeah so what, what's that, been no, going
1: on since last time oh yeah i'm having a kid in two months what yeah,
0: yeah, yeah or, or i have it here look at that yeah. it's funny. <laughs> so it's like we have I, I look for those type of friendship kind of like low maintenance friendships
2: mm-hmm.
0: because it allows me to be the one that gives um and if someone is giving awesome but i know that i'm bad at giving back mm-hmm. to my friends
1: i uh i l- literally texted my friend the other day i i i sent him funny jokes and memes on a regular basis and i kind of I'm the kind of person that if somebody doesn't text me back, I don't really care. And I'll just like send them another joke the next time I find another joke. So I realized that I had sent this guy like a couple different jokes, like over the past week. And then he finally responded and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm, I'm really busy right now. I can't respond. And I I was like, oh, I totally forgot that I sent all of these jokes over the last couple of days. And I said, uh, my exact words were, hey, no need to apologize. I'm a load maintenance friend. It's okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like if that when that happens, because it's not an if it's like when that happens because it happens often. I just bouncing memes to one end. Yeah, we're re- we having a meme conversation basically. It's like I send five, <laughs> they send two, I send one, they send three. And sometimes it's like there's a text message comes. I was like, I forget. I just keep sending memes <laughs> and, and then sometimes when when i'm like just laying down in bed and with my phone and it's like oh there was a message from you like from 5 weeks ago in between <laughs> all of the memes like uh oh, yeah sure i'm still available to meet on saturday when so, i'm pretty sure it was like 7 saturdays ago but still i'm available
1: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i i i love i love that with people um and uh i don't know i i think i think that the whole Dynamic of the people that you have in your life and and the people that you work with sounds really healthy to me and um it, it it's sounds definitely really an effort. Yeah. I mean, I'm,
0: I'm I'm not them. They're not an effort. I mean, it's an effort to make sure that you only let good people in. Yeah. Um. Sometimes you hit a miss, right? But one of the goals for my company for uh, and I think I just said it before a few minutes ago (laughs) it's like I love um it we spend a lot of time working and I'm not thinking of a retirement age like I would love to follow John John's path of saying I'm going to retire but it's like I don't know I kind of like working also Mm
2: -hmm. but
0: um and with all of that work always has Difficult moments and problematic clients, or problematic situations, or you have to help your team through something. So all of those things happen, and to add problems with your spouse, your real life friends, your team members, um, all of that seems so much hassle for me. That it's like yeah. I don't even, I don't even want to think that that exists. It's like yeah. my friends are my friends, and that's it. And if you give me too much drama, we're not friends to have drama. We're friends to have good time. If you want drama, I don't know, turn on the TV and watch CNN or something. <laughs> that kind of let's let's just have a good time. We disagree yeah. on something. Let us disagree with a smile on the face. We have to get our get our asses on the chair and working for thirteen hours. Let's do it with a smile on his face. Let's put some music. Like when we had a few situations where we had to do all nighters. And at this point I'm no longer useful as a developer. And my role with my team when we were doing the all nighter was just to put music. It's like I would put a and like see them work <laughs> and help them troubleshoot through issues. But it's like yeah. that's it. Yeah, you want to change your music, more BPMs, <laughs> less BPMs. So like, let's just can I have get a good you a time.
2: pizza?
0: <laughs> yeah, we. Well, I was the sometimes to the benefit of myself, but it's like you know, if your bosses cracks open a cold one, then that means that you can crack open a cold. Yeah. one so yeah. I had to unfortunately, you know, open a beer <laughs> and make the effort for the team to drink a beer. Um, <laughs> and we still have fun. And we yeah. like sure nobody likes to be working overnight, but we can still have fun while doing it.
1: I think the the last thing I wanted to ask you um was not the last thing, couple of things. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot of things. My 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 brain is always like churning with questions of, <laughs> of cool things to talk about. Um, but uh, there's this phrase that um you are the sum of the ten people that you're closest with or that are in your inner circle do you think that that's true
2: a
0: thousand percent and i heard it yeah. with five not ten so a smaller oh, yeah. smaller circle
2: <laughs> yeah
0: um but i it's interesting because i think there are two sides of those five people or probably that's the reason they were 10 um, because you have for me my life is separate of course into professional and personal and in my personal life is where I will even put all of my company, like they are part of my, my life. So mm-hmm. those five to 10 people are there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now there's also my, my business life is where I want to take my life uh, both for the company, for myself, for my wife and family. So I try to have those two very five people that are going to help me get there um so they keep changing well actually well my company doesn't change so much but on the other side um I keep growing I keep finding new friends and I and I think it's a thousand percent true because as I was saying I like 8020s way of managing their company I know that I am not there but before them there was um uh, the way of SOPs with John and I got there and I felt comfortable and now I, I need a new one. And Chris Joe has been like a writer so far for the past years, like constantly in the in in the business friends that I wanna I wanna keep. But it, it wouldn't be fair if I don't put Ben Burns in there too. Like I'm lucky to talk with him like every week. And when whenever we, we have an informal chat. I learned so much about him because he has a family. I want to have a family sometime and and realizing how is it that someone that is in a similar position than me manages a huge company. Well, a company that actually makes a huge amount of revenue with very little people and I want to get there. And so I, I, I try to put those pieces to actually live to that being the sum of all of those five persons. Like one of the five people that I want to be the sum of.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because I guess if you can choose who is going to be in that that inner ten circle, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you'd want like an Avengers team of yeah, great people absolutely. to inspire you.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna start calling them the Avenger team. <laughs> <laughs> They're but, gonna um, love it.
1: That's that's also like a, a really humble thing though, um, because a lot of people they want that inner circle to be people that um look up to them or um or will I dunno, uh make them seem great in comparison. But I think the really successful people are the people that want to play with the better tennis player and yeah. always want someone who's who's uh um more far along or or somebody that's inspiring to them. That's a yeah, humble I'll- thing.
0: I will definitely say that's one of my bad traits, probably the worst trait, is that I have a very hard time celebrating my own wins. Mm. Like my business partner, said, and he's he's the one that helps me out. And it's like, dude, 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 take a chill pill. Take five minutes to celebrate this moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I know, I know. You don't give a shit. It's like it's
2: five <laughs> minutes.
0: Just pause. Now then continue um because my family my parents trained me to like the toyota kata of constant improvement
2: mm. and it's
0: like and and every time I, I get to a milestone even when i that's the milestone and i succeeded and i get that it's like my eyes are already like I, once i know that i'm gonna get that to that milestone even if it is months in advance i'm already looking at the one that it comes after So by the time I achieve that, the first one is like, of course, I already knew. That's why I was looking to the next one. And and, and the same happens with projects, with people, with teams, with progress. And luckily, I'm trying to be better about that with my team. But I've, I've been aware enough to tell them, it's like, look, I express my gratitude in two particular ways. If you're a project manager or an account manager... My gratitude is expressed by me not talking to you. Mm-hmm. That means that you're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> and nothing that I need to do to help you. Yeah, I'm, We're going to just meet in our checkout points so we can help you improve and see where you're struggling. I, I see everything I, I, in my channels. I'm in every project in channel. But it's like I don't, I won't participate. Mm. All you. And for the engineers, it's kind of like that, that same thing. It's like, whenever whenever I, I come to you and I give you something more challenging and more challenging and more challenging, like, that's your reward. <laughs> that, that's when I'm that congratulating like, you.
2: You trust because me? I already,
0: you, you already passed that very minimum. I trust you with that. I don't even want to care about it anymore.
2: Mm.
0: We need to do a hero animation that it's with G-Sub. It's like, go go <laughs> away. I don't care. I, I know you <laughs> can do that. I'm going to give you that. I want you to do it now in... I don't know, three three G J S or I wanted to do WebGL, whatever. It's like now challenge yourself with that and yeah. more and more and more and more. And it's like that's that's my congratulations. If you keep seeing the same thing happening to you month in and month out, you should worry. You're not
2: growing.
1: <laughs> I and... think mm-hmm. like um uh that's that's also like a really scary thing um to uh constantly have have new things and, and always feeling uncertain um, or, or uh, always having stuff where you're not a hundred percent sure and you're going to have to grow and learn in order to figure it out. But I think that that's such a good thing because if you're not doing something that's challenging you and, and kind of is a little intimidating, you're, you're not really growing.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we literally had that talk with my wife, I think this Monday um, that I I live in a constant, due to Argentina's history that we were doing at the beginning, like I live in constant fear of instability. Yeah. So the only way that I can I learned to survive in Argentina is to constantly be better because I needed to go find a different job, a different client, a better client, because that money, what got me to that point is not going to take me to the next client, to the next stage. And that improvement was like in super small amount of time. So in here, I'm I'm trying to keep on doing that. And in this case, when I look back to when I started Friends, because my the main agency that I had was called Q Room. But when I started Friends, I started it in 2020. And from zero to right now, 20 people, from zero to the revenue that we have right now, uh, from zero to the team that I have right now of good people around me, that's it's incredible, but but it was all that constant. It's like, okay, I got to this milestone. What's the next? What's the next? What's the next? One after the other all the time. And not looking back, not looking sideways. That's the only thing that was on my mind uh, is to get to where we are today. So we can
2: mm-hmm.
0: now take a, not a break, but begin to professionalize the way that we see our company and think is like, what do we want in 2023? Mm. not just go there and eat the world it's just like let's go there and it's not a buffet let's choose our (laughs) five course meal kind of thing like let's let's take it slow enjoy q1 enjoy q2 um and it's a different mindset for for me and i'm hoping that i can live up to the expectations of my team that i can still keep on leading them into a good place into good projects into more work-life balance and more growth for them without the stress being a leader is kind of like the main thing in my mind all the time it's like how do i do good by them
1: do you want to take a second just now like um this isn't the 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 stopping point but how are you feeling right now in the present
0: it's really good um I'm, I'm two weeks from facing our, I would call it definitely our year challenge Yeah. because for the Webflow conference, I'm going to be myself, my business partner and our lead Webflow engineer, the, the basically the four people that uh the three people that make up the core of the company. And when shit hits the fan, For any reason, a major question, a major problem, the client management, all of that is always one of us three. We're going to be off for two weeks. We're going to go to San Francisco and we're going to, with the six hours difference to Argentina, Uh um, we're going to be six hours away. And half of the time we're going to be in meetings and meeting people and enjoying the conference. Um, It's going to be challenging. (laughs) <laughs> so but it's a as a founder it's such a fun interesting feeling to have so many things mixed up that it's like a little sushi roll of emotions and flavors. <laughs> because I feel excited yeah. of being able to meet one of my team members that I haven't met like is the only one that I haven't met in the past um, he's gonna be in the US for the first time Uh, in his life so it's going to be awesome and but at the same time we have clients and the work must the show must go on
2: yeah
0: and we are planning and making sure that everything finishes up before we go there that way it's not super stressful but managing the fact that it could happen how we're going to deal with it how are we going to make it happen how do i make sure that that doesn't screw up our plans for the conference for being relaxed for sleeping um so it's a it's a mixed bag of feelings and, but they mostly come back to happiness it's like wow i'm able to bring someone from my company in a company trip to the u.s to be part of that conference it's like i of course my next goal would be to bring everybody but one little step at a time and what's
1: his what's his name
0: Oh, uh, Richard!
1: Richard, okay. Shout out yeah. to Richard. Shout out to Richie.
0: <laughs> Definitely, Richie is the 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 little beating heart inside our Webflow team. Like, and mm-hmm. he has been growing with us since he was literally our first full time employee uh, at Friends. And he has been growing leaps and bounds. And he had to deal with all of my personality one-on-one for a bunch of projects um pulling that all-nighter that i was telling you about like he's he's the one that it's always in the front lines and definitely if there's anyone that deserves the praise of all of our projects is him
1: I, ho- I hope he hears this <laughs> we'll have to send it Hopefully. to him yeah. so how does it feel we just did two hours that flew by kind of yeah no, this,
0: this feels like a breeze <laughs> it was just another conversation with a good friend
1: oh thank you i'm so glad that you took the time to hang out with me
0: oh absolutely and if it would have been not the morning for me it would have had beer probably
1: (laughs) that's okay (laughs) that's
0: how comfortable you made me feel
1: oh thank you i uh um i i always kind of have like a um a connection to somebody before coming on because i uh spend so much time learning about people and everything so it's always really nice to then have that voice come to life and then spend two nice. hours with you so thank you so much
0: <laughs> no absolutely and I, and I love i've been trying to do podcasts to meet people and i've been telling my wife hey you need to start a podcast to meet people in your space because i see everybody in our space like you like um jake uh and Webfield and Jonathan, they're all doing some little podcasts um coming to life and talking to great people and probably learning so much. It's like if you want to learn something, <laughs> just start a podcast and start talking to people. Like it's yeah. gonna be great.
1: And and you could just make friends <laughs> yep by doing that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you don't you don't need to have an agenda. You just need to be able to keep up a conversation.
1: And um, uh, to close out, I want to know where can people find you? Like if somebody is listening to this and they're such a big fan and they're like, oh my gosh, I want (laughs) to get to know this guy. Like how do they reach out to you? Like, or maybe if they want work, like how does, how does that work?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're iterating right now on our new website. So you can find it at friends.com and that's friends with a three instead of an E and if not, Twitter is the place that I'm most active. Um, the my handle is the Marce Russo, like the Chris Doe, like T-H E Marce, M-A-R-C-E R U S S O. That's uh that's where I'm mostly there and trying to engage with the community. And I love Slacks. So whichever <laughs> Slack account that you have, whatever Slack <laughs> group you're part of, if I'm not there, just drop me a message. I will join. But if not, you'll find me there and I respond to everybody. <laughs> on that um and if you're ever in miami always drop me a line because i like excuses to go have a beer
1: (laughs) that sounds perfect all of that will be in the description um so you could just click and go uh and it'll be super easy and you can even tell him that you listened to this episode Mm -hmm. so thank you so much and hopefully i'll see you in san francisco maybe i'll I'll see you somewhere and um hopefully this is just goodbye until next time
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And definitely. I'm glad to be here um and anytime you need another person to keep on blabbing for 2 hours maybe <laughs> I'm always more than able to.
1: <laughs> Sounds like a plan.
2: <laughs>